Everything was going well. The customer was amazing. The customer was happy. They have now turned into a loyal customer, which means that they are now our advocates. We had press releases with them, and everything was mm. fine. Which means that now they are settled. However, after I have like all this, also they churned because there's a press release. There's a lot of marketing around the partnership. You love the product, and everything is right. But why the churn now? And then I spoke to a lot of teams also. I got to know that the sales team was trying to push a sales on them they were not ready for that sales opportunity it's not like selling anything to anyone out there and they were they, they really got frustrated by that and they churned Welcome, lifers, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Lifetime Value, the customer success podcast, where we help you wrap up the week that was in customer success and start you off on the right foot for the one ahead of you. I am your host, the Christian Leitner of Customer Success Podcasts. My name is Dylan Young, and this week's guest is a customer success community builder, a podcast host in our own right, and a proud Duke University student. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Bhavika Kochar on the show today. Bhavika, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much, Dylan. I think it's a pleasure joining you on the show, and I I know the show is doing really amazing. Uh, so I'm very happy to join you on the show, and I'm really happy to share some insights for your audience. Uh, Bhavika, first of all, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Uh, yeah, Kochar? you're good Kochar? there, Bhavika Kochar. Yeah, yeah. Kochar, Kochar. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Slight variation. Okay. But I'll take it. Bavika, so the first thing I noted in that introduction is you are a customer success community builder. I want you to tell us a little bit of, uh, a little bit about that as you tell us about yourself overall. Sure. So, uh, Dylan, I think community is one thing which is really important. And if we talk about community in general sense also, and not just maybe specific to customer success, community is something which gives you a, like, gives you a sense of belonging. And that's where I started from actually building the communities because I think uh, if you have such communities around, if you have such supportive people around, um, your your life becomes a bit brighter, and of course you get that support. So that's how I started. That I, and my intention was to maybe build relationships, talk to people, understand their pain points, and that helped me grow also as a person. So. Uh, when I started this journey, of course, I was working as a CSM in a full-time role, of course, in India. I've been working at different companies. But along with that, my intention was to create such communities so that people don't feel alone. They, they don't feel that they're, they're fighting a battle on their own. For instance, tomorrow, there could be something which you need help with. And there's some other person in the community who has already gone through that same experience community is that place where you can reach out to that person and get that kind of a support because i think life is too short to repeat all the mistakes that a person has done so why don't why don't we learn from the mistakes of others and uh, try to maybe like ask for help like asking is never a problem you should always be 
open to asking and i think community if i specifically talk about the customer success community i think the community is really amazing of course we have people like you people like there's so many there's so many other crs influential leaders who are actually doing such a great job so i think it's it's really amazing to be in this community and as a member of this community and in some way of course building communities at different levels i think um it has helped me grow as a person a lot and so you mentioned doing customer success in india yeah but now you're here in the us do you want to talk a little bit about that journey so uh so i'm in the us currently i'm of course studying at duke i'm based out of durham north carolina and uh, i came to us last year my journey in us i think it's been a great journey it's 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 worth it i think of course there has been a lot of struggle there has been a lot of things because staying away from family and then mm. everything is not at all easy for sure but um, i think um, if you have the right support and if you have the right people around you things can become easier and i think in my scenario um, of course my family has been there from a distance though but of course they are they are really very supportive and i always say my second family is my cs community so when i came to us of course i i don't have any relatives in the us but there are a lot of people who've been there for me i've seen that and i think i'll be i'll be thankful to them till the end of my life for sure i'm also part of the north carolina customer success group so we've had a couple of meetups organized so that people can come up people can talk to each other and we could have those events for the people out there and they really find it useful apart from that um if i talk about the specifics of what new i have been doing on linkedin i would say there's something which is called which is called the linkedin audio event series which i've started new so i've had two uh, linkedin audio events successfully done till now and i'm planning for the next one uh, and i think people love those audio event series because it's so candid it's so casual and like you can come up the events and you can ask a lot of questions and get those answered so um of course i'm get to name those event series so i'm asking for a couple of suggestions from the community and from the people out there but i think that's one thing which is really helping a lot of people to know and understand a lot of concepts in customer success i i've said this a couple of times before i worship at the altar of of customer success it was a revelation when i found it and in speaking to you before the show i got the same sort of feeling from you of like when you found this job when you found this community you were like wow this is where i belong yes tell me what that was like for you how did you find it originally and then maybe what was that uh realization like for you that it's what you what you wanted to do going forward for it so i think uh, this is a really good question so this actually takes me back um in the past uh, so i was of course a simple person doing my job 9 to 5 job i used to come back home and that was a simple thing uh, i didn't even know linkedin one of my friends told me one day hey you're not there on linkedin i am amazed <laughs> i was like okay linkedin is something which maybe i should explore or something like that but i i never knew about it and then of course the pandemic occurred and i got a lot of time because my commute time got saved so i was of course working from home and that that was a time i got into got into an introspecting mode and i started actually thinking that maybe i could start with this i could start expressing myself and let's see let's see what happens and i started writing content and i started doing a lot of that stuff which is already present on linkedin and that's how my journey on linkedin and of course customer success on linkedin also actually started 
and how specifically cs was that of course i was working at different companies i was initially an account manager and then then i got hired as a customer success manager slowly and steadily i got into the domain and of course i started understanding a lot of things i've been part of high paced startups and there are so many things to learn uh, in startups it's it's like it's so rigorous that you you get to know everything because at the end of the day you're wearing so many hats so there was a time wherein i was involved in so many things so i learned a lot of these things very quickly and that's how cs as a domain like i i started getting attracted towards the domain and i wanted to actually get into that i think there's one more thing which i really love about cs uh, is that you get the chance to connect with people you get the chance to not just build relationships at work but build relationships for your lifetime and i posted something around this i think few weeks back wherein one of my customers uh, he's been an enterprise customer and i think a month ago or so he just messaged me on linkedin and just asked me if you could just help my daughter plan her education so it's not something that you are doing just at work it's about building those relationships for your lifetime so i think as a profession it gives you that opportunity to build those relationships and uh, also as a person i think i'm a very empathetic and caring person so i i i love the domain per se yeah it feels like it there's a like a very obvious through line in your story of community and connection and and if you can pair that with business i always think that's fantastic what i think is funny if i just relate this to myself a little maybe narcissistically is we are on complete opposite sides of the spectrum i i too love community big and and have only recently found it but i do totally agree with you of uh leaning on others uh taking the experience of others and applying it to your own life so that you're not reinventing the wheel like you said yeah. uh i recently did a um personality test that ranks your strengths in, I think it's like 30 or 35 different areas of which empathy is one. And there's some other ones like uh, analytical thinking or strategy and problem solving. Um, yep. Problems like all those kind of like general things. Yeah. And empathy was one of them. Babaka, empathy was my lowest scoring one. <laughs> it was in dead last. <laughs> and so the reason I say that is, I don't think you're better than me or I'm better than you. What I would call out to folks is that anybody can excel in this. You've got to find where your strengths are and how you can speak to your customers and then kind of where you fit in, in the customer journey. But if I close the loop on this, it is just so obvious to me that you are an empathetic person and and the way you, you handle your customers probably is you probably lean on that empathy a lot. True. True. Bhavika, do you want to jump into a couple of the topics that the community is talking about? Cool, let's do it. Cool, so the first topic I want to talk about is the topic of renewals. I was brought to the attention of, I believe his name is, I I don't know how to pronounce it, Steen Smet. He goes by Steeno. So we'll just call him Stino. He wrote an article about how he handles renewals. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, it's around this idea of starting 90 days out, asking uh, really direct questions. Would if if you had to, would you renew today? And just kind of like basing your success plan after that, your action plan after that. In your experience, Mm -hmm. when do you begin 
the renewal customer journey? Is it at that 90 day mark? Uh, so what I believe is in um, renewals, of course, uh, we want to make our customers successful so that they renew for maybe a year or a two year period or whatever, of course, the contract mm -hmm. is for yep. that amount of time period. But as a CSM, I never had a, a, a time period to begin thinking about renewals. For me, it's like an all time game. Because mm -hmm. if you are making your customers successful and you're talking to them, you're trying to solve their queries, issues, trying to be strategic with their development plan and success plan, of course, uh, you don't really have to worry about how would the renewal go in that place. So I did not have this uh, a timer on that, okay, 90 days before this, I should start maybe talking. Yes, conversations around renewals would start talking, like would start happening. But if you, start, if it, if you ask me about specifically thinking around renewals, I was adamant on one point that I really wanted to make their experience flawless and I have to be there for them. And when I used to be nearby, of course, renewals, because you need to start talking to them, you need to start negotiating, engaging that stuff. Engagement, of course, goes like it, it, it's an all time thing. But talking more around on the terms, I used to start talking around, of course, like like you said, the 90 day thing. But I did not have this thing in mind that, OK, I'll uh, start thinking about it. I start thinking about renewals when that customer used to get allocated to me because I mm -hmm. need to make them successful. And it will only happen if the journey is right on track, if they're loving everything. That's the way I used to tackle it. So the day if, if it was allocated to me as a CSM, the customer was allocated to me, the customer account was in my kitty. It's my responsibility to think about the renewal from day one. Like that's how I used to work. Yeah. 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 There and I, it, it's only been a couple of months since I read this, but I already forget who to attribute it to. It might actually be Greg Danes the greatest predictor of a renewal, even if it's a year or two years down the road, is actually yeah. their implementation and how quickly they yes. went live, how quickly they realized value uh, and everything in between. Maybe the easiest way is on a scale of True. one to 10, how would they rate their implementation and their onboarding experience? Yeah. And so I would agree with you that I am fond of saying retention begins the day the contract is signed. So knowing that, is there ever a time period where you say, okay, it's crunch time in the next X amount of days, I've got to get this renewal done. Or is it typically you move right up to the renewal date? Let's like assume it's an automatic renewal, right? Just mm -hmm. assuming that they're going to renew with ever out having a discreet conversation with them. Or in Stino's case, he'll ask them, hey, if you had to do it today, would you renew with us? Do you ever get that direct? Yeah, I think it's very important to be direct when you're having such conversations and not just for renewal conversations, for anything that you're talking to the customer. This question, I totally follow that. Yes, you should ask your customers, would you renew with us today? And you can ask this question even before the renewals also. Like they'll tell you, how is the pulse of the customer? Are they liking it? Are they not liking it? And like you said, uh, Dylan, implementation is one such thing, which is really important. They want to know how how has their experience been? Uh, was it flawless for them? And then, of course, there are many pictures. Uh, like There are many things in this picture. And then the second thing, which I think which is very important, is that, yes, of course, CS is something that starts post-sales. But I, I'd like to give an example here uh, for a situation wherein I was involved with a customer in the pre-sales phase also. Why? Because of course, sometimes as a CSM, your sales team tell you that, okay, we are, 
we are trying to pitch this customer and you're already ha- handling a similar customer can you just come on a call and try to explain them that how is your experience been with the customer or how you're making them yeah. successful that's how i've been with mm-hmm. in touch with them in the pre sales phase also and uh, and when you start getting in touch with your customer i think that's where your engagement with the customer starts and you should really be direct in your questions and trust me they love honesty they love your authenticity so if you actually tell them okay it's been four years down the line that you are of course with me and i'm i'm handling your account as a csm i really want to check on the fact that are you liking the experience if given a chance to renew today would you renew or not and if you can be just candid about it please please let us know because if no also then i have rest of of course the maybe the eight months if it's a one year renewal kind of a cycle i still have eight months to turn that decision around but you need to ask to do that yeah and and, that, and stino said the same thing he's he his whole thing was if you ask the question and it's no or there's yeah. any level of hesitation they don't jump out of their chair and say yes absolutely then you've yeah. got to go to work on a success plan to shore that right. up have you ever asked that question and it felt as though you could have renewed them and you ask the question and they say no and then they fail to renew i think i am genuinely in touch with my customers all throughout and i try to ask mm-hmm. if they are liking it or not it has not happened to me yet like they they're if they've been liking it they've been liking it and they renew also if they are not liking it i try to make sure that what kind of expectations do they have more so i might get into a one on one chat with a stakeholder with a champion out there and try to understand what's getting wrong or what's wrong let's just try working on that but yeah. uh, it's not it happened with me till date yes there have been scenarios by what i mean here like i i like to quote an example here of a customer uh, everything was going well the customer was amazing the customer was happy uh, they have now turned into a loyal customer which means that they are now our advocates we had uh, uh, like press releases with them and everything was mm. fine which means that now they are settled however after i have like all this also they churned and yes they churned yes and that was the situation wherein i was like why because there's a press release there's everything there's a lot of marketing that's happening there's a lot of marketing around the partnership you love the product and everything is right but why the churn now and then when i introspected and of course i spoke to a lot of teams also i got to know that the sales team was trying to push a sales on them wherein it was actually like it they were they were not ready for that sales opportunity and you mm-hmm. need to know this thing that okay if you can pitch them things but do a value based selling it's not like selling anything to anyone out there and they were they, they really got frustrated by that and they churned so i think even after the customer becomes your loyal customer they become your advocates it is very important to have that consistent uh like experience with them because what happens when the account management so that was a small startup so the sales team used to handle the account management stuff and all that also so that's why they were trying to push that sales they were trying to maybe uh, increase the contract value or something like that they were trying to do which i don't really remember right now but they were trying to push that sales on them and uh, as a csm of course i was not involved in that because of which it happened hmm. can i yeah. ask you this yeah first of all a statement never in my life this is the power of community 
have I so often had conversations with folks as I do on this podcast that are so eerily close to situations I'm dealing with in my professional career. So that example you just gave, I have not experienced churn, but I have experienced every other piece of that, which is the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing, so to speak, when it comes to the customer relationship for which we are ultimately accountable for. But there are a lot of other people, particularly in enterprise situations. There are a lot of other people from your organization that are probably touching, communicating with, asking things of actors within your customers organization. And there's a ton of risk in that. You know, it's one thing I would, I would recommend folks to try and get visibility into that as soon as possible, no matter how small your organization is to your point. Right. Um, Now my question to your scenario would be, what did you learn and what could you have done better in that scenario to try and effectuate a different outcome right you're very right there Dylan. there are so many things that happen uh we should always focus on what can we learn from this situation so i think what i learned out of it that the processes are broken of course the cs team doesn't know that what is the account management team doing and the customer success knows about okay what's what what has been happening when the customer churns which is really really sad like you mentioned it's 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 like a like they're all the wheels right and they should be connected to each other if they're not mm-hmm. connected and if they work in solo the car is bound to like go down it'll, it'll not work yeah. out for sure yeah yeah it'll not work <laughs> out for sure so up. that was yes. one thing that i i learned and my uh learning like if you talk about my career trajectory in whichever company i work i always make sure that i spend time on processes if your processes mm. are right then your experience for the customer would automatically be right that's what i have learned and that was the thing that i actually saw that yes this is where as an org we need to make some changes in the process so that two different teams should be aware about what's happening on the same customer because otherwise it's very difficult to track because you are emailing the customer as well i'm emailing the customer too and sometimes what happens the customers come back to us and ask us whom should i ask this query i'm confused mm-hmm. because they don't know about what's happening inside right so and it's not their job we need to make that experience useful and wonderful for them and that can only happen when the teams are in touch when there is a coordination between the team because that was one thing that i really learned out of that that okay uh the processes need to be set right so yeah that was my learning for that scenario well i think that's a best case scenario if the customer is coming to you and saying hey i've got a problem i'd like for you to help me solve who do i ask this of whereas i think what's more apt to occur is they come to you and say hey I've got too many people reaching out to me and talking to me. I've got a day yeah. job to do. Yeah. Leave me alone. Right? Yep. That's yep. what I've experienced more. Yep. Okay. Let's talk about customer happiness. Yeah. Okay. So we have a podcast by Update AI called Unchurned. They do a a report, catch up every two weeks with CS Insider and CS Insider's uh, biweekly report that they do. They recently hosted a gentleman by the name of Damian Howley, who Mm -hmm. wrote a book, uh, Controlling Your Customer. Customers. 
Yeah. Uh, I haven't personally read it, but it sounds intriguing. I think I'm I'm going to pick up a copy. And in that, he talks about. I'm certainly paraphrasing. He brought this up in the podcast that he he doesn't actually believe this, but he does not track customer happiness as a metric, or he does not recommend tracking customer happiness as a metric because it pales in comparison to the ability to provide value and value realization. And again, I'm totally paraphrasing, not putting words in Mr. Howley's mouth, but I want to ask what your experience has been with the conversation of customer happiness. Does it matter? Does it not? Is it just a kind of a tertiary statistic that you track? Do you not track it at all? Like, how do you think about customer happiness? Right, right. So yes, like you said, this topic has been really controversial. And of course, with customer Mm. happiness, there's a topic that also comes around NPS and a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of people, like there are are two worlds, I think, in this. Uh, There's some people who feel that NPS is actually not something that one should track that can really not measure customer happiness or customer experience. There's some people who who believe in NPS. So I'll tell you my take. I think uh, customer happiness or finding it through a metric and stuff like that, you can try understanding more about the customer, but these metrics won't actually tell you like if your customer is happy or not. Like that's something these metrics actually cannot track. Uh, that, that's that's what has been in my experience. Um, there have been a lot of angles to this. When we talk about the happiness or the customer experience or maybe the NPS scores, if someone gives you okay, I, if someone gives you maybe a nine on ten or a ten on ten, sometimes people like they're, they're so much in a haste. They they got a survey popped up and they just click mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really show that okay they are actually happy with you or not. What I follow and what I think is a is a really um, I would not say a perfect thing because, of course, there's always a scope of improvement. But uh, one thing that I follow is I get on calls with these customers and that call will not be centered around maybe an upcoming renewal or this feature not working or that feature not working. The the call will be titled as a um, knowing more about their experience. What has been the pluses? What has been the minus? What do you think should really improve? And that really helps me understand if they are happy or not. Because the CSM can only know this when they actually get on such calls with the customer and try to understand. Having these metrics in place is good till a limit, but they're not a short, short uh, uh, indicator of their happiness. That's what I feel. So does this loop back to our question around on those calls? Will you ask, hey, if you had to today, would you renew with us? Is that is that kind of the level of directness that you're getting to on those conversations? On those calls, I would not actually touch upon renewals. Renewal is a different conversation altogether. I know they are linked. If they'll be happy, they'll anyway renew. You are very right mm-hmm. there. But the, the agenda of that call is to have that one-on-one connect with the customer and see how how likely are they to recommend us to their network. Or if they are not, then why not? What are the reasons? Is there something that they have been bothered? Sometimes what happens as a person or as a human being, of course, you're dealing with humans and not machines. And people can be bothered by a lot of things, but they've not given a chance to talk or maybe they did not speak anything because there was not a there was not a, a time slot for them to talk. They might ignore something. But if you tell them that these 30 minutes are all about what you have been feeling all this while, are you fine? Are you not fine? Is there something that you think needs improvement? This is our time. So just be candid. And on this call, this is between you and me. 
I am your CSM. I am your voice inside my organization. I'm here to make you successful. So I need to know what's going on in your mind so that I can route those things internally in my organization. There are a lot of times, you know, uh, the customers also get absorbed. Okay, they they are also chasing their goals, right? They are also chasing their mm-hmm. metrics. So they might go on these call, like they they might come on calls with different conversations. Okay, this feature isn't working, Bhavika. Can you help us with this, or uh, can you help us uh, getting trained on this feature? Our new team yeah. is coming up. They want this kind of a training. Could you help mm-hmm. us, etc. So they are so absorbed with their, of course, metrics and everything that they don't get that time to be candid and to open their heart out. they really feel good because you at the end of the day going to them and asking them for their time maybe just 15 20 minutes and ask talking to them about their experience they feel that you really care about them otherwise what happens i've seen people doing this nearby renewals and stuff like that and of course they understand that okay the renewal is just in 2 months and that's why you are coming to me with this call no it should happen along the way it should happen in the journey that's what that, that that has been working for me all this while to be honest with so i think we're speaking the same language i think the question around hey would you renew today yeah is a very pointed method yeah. for me to understand are you happy are you happy today yeah. what would you do if you had to today i do agree that it becomes transparent and maybe a little bit ugly if you only schedule yeah. this you know 2 weeks before their renewal window closes uh yeah. it smells fishy right yes but i might push back a little bit that asking the renewal question as a mm-hmm. measure of sentiment is okay it's okay yep no matter when it happens on the timeline and maybe yep. that's just my personality maybe it's about yeah. making sure that you set an expectation like hey this is really actually just for me to to get a sentiment measure on you it doesn't matter what the question is just tell me whether you're happy or not what sure. i can fix what i can shore yeah. up to make sure that that we can continue this relationship but i think we're i think we're on the same page there sure yeah i'd like you said i think it's it's more around personality also so uh, and it's okay it's it's just about how you put that question across the the agenda is to get their sentiment and understand the sentiment i might ask it in a different manner you might ask it in a yeah. different manner but we're on the same page like you said yes yeah yeah okay bavaka so we've talked quite a bit and your sunny disposition has shown through but now i'd like to take us to uh, a segment a little bit closer to my heart which is one we refer to as bs in cs biggest load of crap i've ever heard number one bullshit oh number one bullshit bavaka if you could choose one what is the trend catchphrase or otherwise related to customer success that you would like to see done away with forever i think uh, nps is one such thing which I, i i think nps does not really track what it really should and uh, it should I, i'm i'm a strong proponent and strong believer in the fact that uh, it does not measure customer happiness i i am part of that uh, set of segment instead of set of people segment who really don't believe in nps uh, i know let me ask you this babaka Yeah. I'm going to cut you off because NPS 
has been maligned more times than I can count. So here's what I'll say. I don't disagree with you. So there's a bunch of different survey scoring methods, right? Right, right. That aren't NPS. CSAT, customer effort score. Are those ones that you do buy into, that you believe in, you think are better? Yeah. What would the measurement tool be, if not NPS, for measuring customer happiness? Like, what do you think should replace NPS if NPS doesn't do what it purports to do? I think if NPS, uh, if we if we really remove NPS uh, uh, from here, I I would say that I want to have a metric which is more measurable and is more practical, and it's not just maybe customers is get customers are getting that survey bumping up on the platform or a SaaS tool and they're just putting a, how how likely are they they are to recommend and stuff like that maybe they should also be given an option to write something so that we know that okay mm. if they've been like if they have given nine on ten or eight on ten then why is it so secondly i also think uh just collecting nps feedback is also not r- really useful there have been scenarios that i have seen in the past wherein uh the, the NPS was getting collected. The customers are giving the feedback, but there has been no action on that. And because of which I came with a project at a company. I said, this is really not done. So if, if at all, the customers are giving us a honest feedback, we need to act on the feedback, right? And now there was an automation that I did uh, on the HubSpot tool. So what I did was uh, from the platform, when we get these scores, I created a workflow which would link to the Slack workspace of that particular CSM. So the CSM would get a message that, hey, your customer XYZ gave you a score of uh, 5 on 10. Please reach out to them with an action as well. If you have been, uh, if you've got 9 on 10 uh, uh, from a customer, then please reach out to them for a case study if it has not happened already. Or please reach out to the customer for some other marketing uh, event that's happening. So it's about connecting those scores with an actionable so that CSMs have that kind of a clarity that what next, if I've got an eight on 10, what should I do with the customer next? And that's where I think there there are a lot of uh, companies uh, that they're confused because they collect the feedback. That's fine. But what next, what what are we doing on that feedback? And if we're not doing on anything on that feedback, then let's get rid away with NPS. That's what I feel. I'm a little bit torn on this because NPS is meant to measure the performance of all other activities. And so if you start doing activities just to drive up NPS, it doesn't feel like a holistic approach to your customer's experience. Then, I mean, that becomes the definition of a vanity metric, right? Where you're just trying to drive up NPS and not necessarily working on the entire experience for your customers. Now, I know that's not always the case, right? And if you do it right, you're supposed to be kind of like up-leveling everything at the same time and NPS comes along with it. But I think the that is something for folks to be aware of is as you try to drive up NPS, are you doing it superficially or is it in a way that actually materially improves your customer's experience overall. True, true. Uh, You are in great company, ton of folks on the podcast, and overall just uh, do not like NPS. So you're not alone there. 
And a lot of folks have said the same thing of like, it doesn't get actioned on on the back end or it's not being uh, measured appropriately. What I will say to one to one point you made is I do know a lot of folks who ask for detail around why a customer gave the score they did. What I have found personally in my professional career, I should say, is they very rarely enter anything, which goes back to your point of they did it to get it out of their face. Yeah. And I wonder, this is an open question, whether we are valuing scores the same from folks who leave no comments and from folks who do leave comments, because I would think the folks that do leave comments are more engaged. Can you weight that score a little more heavily? I don't know. I'm just kind of like thinking out loud here at this point, but those are all the things that I think you've, you've got to be able to answer those questions. You've got to have a rock solid strategy. If you're going to go measure NPS and take uh, or make decisions based on it, because if you don't have a rock Mm -hmm. solid strategy, you don't have a rock solid understanding of why people are answering the way they do. You're just kind of like, you're just out there doing stuff. It's very hard to define whether it's actually successful. True. It's it's really vague. I think I would say that was that's that's one thing which is which is there, and that's why I think at like of course in my journey at one of the companies I came up with something which is uh, measuring customers' happiness uh, through both qualitative and quantitative factors. Now of mm-hmm. course there could be there could be a lot more that can be done, but I was handling this project wherein I wanted to come up with a customer happiness kind of a score like you just mentioned, and not just lean on. NPS. So in qualitative section, things that I uh, I had put in was uh, the engagement with the customer. Of course, that comes with the sentiment, the, the way CSM engages with the customer. Uh, qualitative could be uh, how are they responsive? Do they get on call? Then stuff like that. Quantitative could be the number of support tickets that they have raised, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the NPS score could be one if you if you want to if you want to use that the csat score could be one how are they rating our support tickets have the support tickets being open for a, for a long time or are they reopening the tickets again and again they'll be the quantitative factors and that's how i, I came up with a formula that would get us to qualitative and quantitative factors combined because just measuring anything on nps is like in my opinion it's it's too weak it's weak yeah Bavaka, let's wrap it up. And the first question I always like to ask is, who is your CS player of the week? So who out there is moving the customer success profession forward in the past Mm -hmm. seven days that you would like to give a shout out to? There's someone whom I really admire, and I think he is amazing with everything. And um, he's, of course, Jay Nathan. Uh, He's Mm -hmm. one uh, who's been doing a great job in a lot of things. And not just in CS, but as a person also, uh, he he's a mentor for me. There is a lot that he's doing. The community gain, grow, retain. I think they're having wonderful meetups for the people to come forward and join and uh, like share learnings. He's doing a really amazing job. And uh, I think we are blessed to have him in the community. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out, Jay Nathan. All right. Referrals and recommendations. If you could take the audience members and point them in the direction of any one thing or activity, and it does not have to be customer success related, what would you recommend to folks? One thing that uh, anyone out there should try to do, having a me time for themselves. 
that mm. is really very very important and as csms things are so overwhelming uh like you go crazy sometimes because there's so many things to take care of so it is very important to take out maybe 30 minutes 45 minutes of course depending upon your schedule per week and sit with yourself in in that me time duration you can do a lot of things maybe you just don't want to do anything that's also fine or you might want to read a book like this one i'm reading right now so the chief customer officer playbook uh, which i'm reading currently so <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so and just try to find out time for yourself because like always like i always say be kind to yourself because until unless you are okay you won't be able to be a resource for the others so yeah. just be okay be be find time for yourself uh, meditate read books or don't do anything if you feel like you really don't want to do anything that's also fine like it's not a must must thing that you have to do something you can just mm-hmm. rest that's also fine yeah. so i think i would say that life is too short to run after a lot of things and that's perfectly fine but it's important to give yourself some breaks so that you can rejuvenate that's really really important yeah i agree i think the the goal there is to stop and think about yeah. yourself yeah. and do whatever is best for you i mean that can take any form right yep. but the idea is to to always be asking that question of of what do i need right you can't lose sight of that. Bavika, where can folks connect with you? Uh so I'm reachable on LinkedIn. I think uh, I'm I'm very active on LinkedIn. So if mm-hmm. anyone wants to know more about my journey or just want to have a one-on-one chat, uh shoot me a DM. I would be happy to talk to you. It's great. Bavika, this has been a ton of fun. Uh you are a ray of sunshine and a great source of knowledge when it comes to customer success. So thank you so much for being here and and for taking time out of your day to talk with me. Thank you so much, Dylan. I think it was lovely talking to you and the way you asked the questions and the way you were with my like with me in this journey, like of course a, a one hour journey for sure. Uh it's it's been really great. So thank you so much for having me on the show and uh, I'm I'm really excited for the success of the show. You've been listening to Lifetime Value, the podcast for customer success professionals. If you like what you've heard, please rate our show and subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Please note that the views expressed in these conversations are attributed only to those individuals on this podcast and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of their respective employers. For all inquiries, please reach out via email to dylan at lifetimevaluepodcast.com. Find us on YouTube via our channel, Lifetime Value, and find us on the socials at Lifetime Value Podcast. Until next time. Hey folks, this is Bhavika Kochar from the Lifetime Value, the customer success podcast. Do not miss the episode at all and let me know how you find it. I like it. I like it.